In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What's your name? You can hear this question in a wide variety of emotional tones. It could be curiously friendly, angry and demanding, or sympathetic and caring. When in the presence of a stranger, it often feels natural or even necessary to learn someone's name. Well, we wear name tags at church. Names are important to humans. They are, quite literally, our identities. Since language has existed, what a person is called has been crucially important, both to that individual and to the community. A former college professor said that when he asked his students if they knew the etymology of their name, or even why their parents chose it, it was amazing how many came from, I don't know. Humanity highly valued names, and the Abrahamic religions, including Christianity, is no exception. In the book of Genesis, God names things as God creates them, including the first human, Adam, who is created out of Adamal, the earth, the earth. After God creates and names the humans, then God has Adam name all the animals. In Exodus, before Moses can introduce the Hebrew people to God, he has to learn God's name, Yahweh. I am what I am. Throughout Genesis and the rest of the Bible, names are changed to reflect new identities and purposes. Abram becomes Abraham, and Sarai becomes Sarah. Jacob becomes Israel, the one who struggles with God. In the New Testament, Saul becomes Paul, and Simon becomes Peter, the rock upon which the church is built. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Name and the fact that God has again spoken his name to his people, and not just as a word, but as the word made flesh. Eight days after Christmas... God gave us again his name, this time with a force, a potency, and a significance that overshadows Sinai, and for us supersedes whatever Moses was told on the mountain. In a faith that so highly values names, the holy name of Jesus is the name above all names. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That's what we heard from Philippians this morning. Today we find Jesus in the gospel passage, born in a stable, with no one but his parents and some low-born shepherds to celebrate and spread news of the birth, hardly the exalted one. He's born poor to young parents, named on the eighth day like every other Jewish boy, and becomes a refugee in Egypt at a young age. 
But we are also told that an angel names him before he is conceived and that angels announce his birth to the shepherds. So this ordinary poor boy is also holy and will live among us and not as a king but as a carpenter's son. From those beginnings, Jesus, whose holy name simply means to save, lives as God made flesh, who is not so much interested in dominance as in making the ordinary holy. The ordinary life of a 30-year-old man born in an occupied land is also the holy life of the Christ, the Son of the living God. Ordinary people become holy pillars of a new faith. Peter, the fisherman. Mary, the girl engaged to the carpenter. Matthew, the tax collector. Mary, the woman who went to put spices on the body of her teacher. Sinners become saints. Ordinary bread and wine become the holy body and blood of God. And in baptism, ordinary water becomes holy and washes ordinary people clean and welcomes them into the family of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child. And he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So Luke tells us that story. The name Jesus comes from Joshua, or Yehoshua, the Hebrew word for Savior or Deliverer. According to Armentrout and Slocum in an Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, the observance of the circumcision on the first day of January was originally designated as a fast day in A.D. 567 to counter pagan festivals that occurred at the beginning of each new year. Eventually it evolved into a feast day, celebrating the naming of Jesus and his circumcision. In Jewish tradition, circumcisions are often festive occasions when family and friends gather to witness the naming of the child. The name of Jesus makes the ordinary holy. It is not a magic word. It's not meant to denote supremacy. In the holy name of the ordinary poor boy who was God made flesh, our own names, our own bodies are made holy. In our baptism we were claimed, adopted, forgiven, renewed, strengthened, and made members of the priestly body of Christ, the church. And we are now empowered to be the sign of God's love for others. In other words, the name of Jesus is forever sealed on our hearts. What might this new year look like for us if we explore what our naming in baptism means? How does it affect our relationships, our work, our activities? Who is this Jesus by whose name you were baptized? What might a year look like where we've decided individually or congregationally to love this part of us? 
It could mean that the name of Jesus within us compels us to work for justice and peace and love for all. And the name of Jesus gives us the will and the strength to persevere in this ministry of reconciliation. All of this we do in the name of Jesus, our maker, defender, redeemer, and friend. The name of Jesus makes the ordinary holy. We, ordinary people, ordinary flesh, are made holy by the God born in a stable in an occupied land. So as we begin another ordinary year in the holy name of Jesus, let us pray that God would make our ordinary year holy. May we seek and find God this year in the ordinary, for God has made the ordinary sacred. May we find God in the poor children born in the occupied lands. May we find God in the marginalized and oppressed by our own nation. And may we find God in our ordinary neighbors, for the name of Jesus makes the ordinary holy. Amen.